Welcome to the first episode of Changing Channels Podcast. How's everybody doing out there? I am doing great. I am your host, Mike McMasunis. You guys will probably know me from Sweep Delay Podcast. And uh, with me today is my good buddy, good old Jameson from uh, the, the one half of Movie Mojo Monthly. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. I'm excited for the first episode of Changing Channels. This is awesome. This is completely awesome, man. This has taken a life of its own, man. Once uh, once I announced this sucker like two weeks ago, everybody started getting pumped up. It was almost like, screw sweep the leg, man. It's like... <laughs> roll, this, roll this roll this podcast out so so I, I'm excited man and uh, and it's good times and originally me and you uh, we uh, you know I was thinking about doing a 21 jump Street podcast mm-hmm. because I love 21 jump Street and you love 21 jump Street and, I do and uh, before we did cool as ice we were kind of talking about it. you're like well let me kind of sleep on it a little bit and then I uh, said you know okay no big deal and then after cool as ice we kind of talked about you like yeah, you know, I just don't know if I can sit there week, you know, month after month talking about a show. And I'm like, well, you know, I've always wanted to do a show that did everything, but I just don't know how I could do a formula like that. And then things just kind of came into play. And so so this show is uh, just as the tagline says, many shows, one podcast. And essentially, we take one show every month. We do a once a month uh, episode and we take one show and we just do we talk all about that show until we change the channel to the next episode and talk about another show. So I am very excited, sir, that you have uh, you have graced me with your presence on helping <laughs> me out with uh, in living color, and uh, it's a good time, sir. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. I uh, when you when you mentioned this, you know, and like you said, we talked about other things, but when you you mentioned this idea, I'm like, man, that's cool. You know, get to do different things. And the first show that came to my mind was in Living Color. Just love it, and it just kind of coincided with me watching a big marathon of it. So <laughs> yeah, originally we were gonna do 21 Jump Street, but then uh, but then yeah, we said the second episode would be in Living Color. But we thought, why not start it off with In Living Color? Because I think everybody is, if they've not heard it, they've seen it, they've at least seen one or two skits. I mean, In Living Color is one of those shows that you don't have to see it every single week. You can just randomly watch it on TV and just have a good time. It's got uh, your basic characters that are normally there from time to time. Then you have just random skits. But it's a great show to talk about, not because just how funny it is, but it's got a lot of meat to it. It really broke a lot of boundaries as far as racism. And uh, I mean, there's stuff they talk about on this show that you could not get away with on today's TV. That's for no sure. doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of crap on TV now, but I mean, the the stuff that they did 
was just mind blowing. And uh, and I'm excited because this summer we were supposed to have a two episode return of In Living Color, but I haven't heard anything about that yet. So have you? Heard- yeah, it's kind of kind of sitting on the back burner. You know, they they talked about it, and I'd actually seen cast photos of the Fly Girls and of some of the cast, and then it just kind of has faded. I haven't seen anything recently. Yeah. But uh, for all the listeners, most of you out there are either going to be Sweep the Leg, a.k.a. STL members, or you're going to be Movie Mojo Monthly people. But for the very few people out there who are just checking out the show for the first time, you randomly found In Living Color on iTunes, checked it out. Uh, We both are podcasters who uh, have other shows that uh, we do on a consistent basis. Uh, Jameson's show is called Movie Mojo Monthly, and, uh, and you do that with your buddy Brian. And uh, you guys focus on the uh, on the newer stuff, is that right? Yeah, we we basically focus on what's new in theaters. We do reviews and previews and news, and then uh, yeah. So it's I mean, other than our guilty pleasure segment, it's all what's what's coming out. What do we just see? Things like that. And uh, your last episode, sir, I'll tell you, uh, Expendables, man, I was laughing so hard. My <laughs> hurt, man, it was a great episode. Uh, it was almost better than mine, though, man. It's good. Stuff. <laughs> I just messed with you, but yeah. yeah, we have a we have a lot of fun, man. Me and Brian have a lot of fun, and the uh, the Expendables episode was a was definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, I was shocked with your born uh, with your born review, man. I I was really like, wow, because me and you usually we like pretty much the same thing, so I pretty mm-hmm. take whatever you say as how I'm gonna feel. So when I heard your thoughts on the born, uh, what's it called? The born legacy. Legacy. Yeah. I was kind of. Yeah, like, I was shocked too, man. <laughs> Like that stinks, man. Oof. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I'll go check. Go check it out. You want to hear what we hear our thoughts? Go check it out. Yeah, go check it out. And then me, usually, uh, I do newer movies. I don't go to the theater uh, very often. Me and my wife, we are very selective in our movies, so very rarely will I do a brand new movie. But when I do, I usually do uh, non-spoiler, and then and then I cut the spoilers. But usually, I try to do classics, just a bunch of fun movies. You know, the the slogan of my show is letting the good times flow. So I try to pick as much fun movies as possible and re- recently did the whole Batman series and Jameson was definitely helping me out on every episode because he wrote some epic emails uh, with some <laughs> times. So, uh, so yeah, that's pretty much where we kind of come from. Um, his friend Jason is actually what inspired both of us to get into podcasting and things just kind of flew from there, man. So, so I'm glad, sir, that you have uh, joined me on this, uh, on this adventure here. So, uh, before we get into living color, why don't we talk some quick news, sir? Okay. So walking dead, have you gotten the sneak peek of walking dead season three yet? Cause I heard they got some new characters rolling up in there. I hear there are, but I actually, I want to go in fresh. I haven't looked at anything, which has been hard because it's one of my favorite shows. Okay. But uh, I've been I've been pulling back, so you, you go ahead and talk about it. No, no, it's cool. I, I don't want to spoil nothing. I just know that uh, the basic premise is that the two different communities are going to be clashing this season. That's kind of going to be mm-hmm. the main emphasis of season three. I still got to catch up. I only got through season one. Uh, I've heard great things. A lot of people give me crap for not finishing it, so... It's definitely one of those shows that now for sure I can invest my time in because I know there's more than just one season. So uh, I loved I love season one, season two. Um, the first half of it was hard, man. It, it got really slow, and uh, I was getting really frustrated with the first half of season two. But 
um, there was some good payoffs at the end of it. Good stuff. You know, uh, Burn Notice, for me, uh, just wrapped up last night, summer finale. I have it on my DVR. I need to watch it. Burn Notice is in my top three favorite TV shows. Uh, Consistently, it's a solid show. It's usually a four and a half, five star episode every single episode. This season, though, one of the main characters was behind bars. And it, for me, it kind of hit me a little hard because I wasn't getting all the blowing up action, uh, just the chemistry. It was all about let's get this person out of jail. So it was a little hard for me this season. But once once they finally got out of jail, uh, the last the last four episodes have been great. And uh, and I, I love Burn Notice. But I hear you, though, how it wasn't slow for me. It was just a little bit uh, hard for me to adjust, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just because I'm it's such a fast paced show. And uh, by taking out one of the main characters kind of hurt it for me a little bit. But sure. sure. But I love Burn Notice, man. It's some good stuff. So but yeah, uh, it's going to be good times for those of you who are in Walking Dead. Season three is going to be coming up soon. And then you can check out Entertainment Weekly. Uh, they're going to be doing some covers. Uh, this was just posted about two days ago. They're going to be posting four new covers of The Walking Dead. So be on the lookout for that because Entertainment Weekly is really good about doing random covers, which is pretty cool. So since you are a fan, sir, you can go check that on out. So <laughs> Very good. All right. And uh, The Office. Uh, do you watch The Office? I, thought- I do. The Office is uh, right from the beginning a uh, show that my wife and I are religious watchers of. Okay. So you know that Greg Daniels is returning as a full-time showrunner for mm-hmm. the coming final season, right? I'm really glad this is the final season. As much as I love the show, it's time to go. It's time to go. Yeah. Awesome. Has it uh, ever been inconsistent at all, or has it been pretty solid? I think this past season they brought in a few too many new characters and kind of, I don't know, focused too much on these new characters. And this past season kind of left me wanting quite a bit. So, you know, it's time. I'd rather just disappear rather than fade away you know good stuff so uh jason statham you and me are, are big fans of, of this guy yeah you know the transporter flicks you know those movies right transport of course you know they're making a tv show out of that are they really yeah uh it's uh got obviously he's not in it they have chris vance that's going to be in the tv show but mm. uh you know not sure if i really want to check it out you know because uh Man, I that just I don't know how you could do that week after week and make it interesting. I know, right? Uh, you know, because for those of you who don't know, I have a thing with checking out shows. Uh, I recognize the fact you need to watch the new shows to show the support because most people do DVR. However, uh, I invested in two shows last year. I really enjoyed them, and then they up and got canceled, which was Ringer and The Secret Circle. And, uh, and it really sucked because I got to see Sarah Michelle Gellar come back. You know, I loved Aaron Buffy, seeing her come back. It was a great, well-written show. The Mayor from the Dark Knight trilogy, he was the main cop in that show, and, and he was great. And then they up and canceled it, and uh, it sucks, man. So, I know. We have that issue. I mean, you know, my man David Vox Mullen, you know, every year he uh, get finds the new shows that are coming out that look interesting and, and uh, has people do podcasts for it over at DVMPE, and... Man, by mid-season, half of them are canceled. It's just frustrating. Yeah, what's up with your uh, with the people that do those shows? Are they just kind of like 
fired or or what's the deal? Because you, my man, have the perfect show because you <laughs> canceled. What about- They'll never run out of movies. They'll <laughs> never stop making them. So, so what's up with the other people on the on the? You know, we're all free, you know, freelance contractors, I guess. And uh, I mean, if your show gets canceled, I guess you try and find another one. I don't, I don't know. I hear you. Awesome. Yeah, I I haven't checked out many of those uh, podcasts just because some of those have already been canceled. So I was like, why even waste my time? So yeah, it's it's a frustration. And then, uh, and then, real uh, the next episode, we'll have a lot more uh, TV news. Don't want to spend too much on it, but for the last bit, our next episode, as a sneak peek, is going to be Twenty One Jump Street. We're going through the whole season or the whole series. And for those of you who want to pick up Twenty One Jump Street, it's currently seven dollars and thirty five cents a season. Uh, if you go over to uh, Amazon.com, you can go roll on over there and pick those on up. So. And uh, you have the whole series, right, sir? Um, I have the first three seasons. First three seasons. Sweet. Yeah, I picked them up for five bucks a pop a couple years ago. Yep. Uh, I just uh, I picked up uh, season one over in the $5 bin over at Walmart. I picked it up last year. I was like, how is this $5? I was like, this has got to be a misprint. So I took it over. I had it scanned. And it was five bucks. I'm like, there's just, there's no way that this is possible. But the original set that came out was about five bucks, and then they uh, they made those out of print, and then they started up a new set because they are releasing the whole entire series uh, next couple of weeks. So if it's not out already, so yep. So give you guys a heads up. Roll on over and pick that up. Uh, so next month you are ready to rock and roll. So that's what I got, sir, for news. So are you ready to roll into some in living color? Oh, I'm ready. sir so in living color man oh how much do you love this show sir in living color was one of my absolute favorite shows um at the time i mean it was you know we kind of hinted at it before but man this show was just groundbreaking i mean i'm a huge fan of sketch comedy i grew up 
as a kid watching Saturday Night Live and still do. And so I was a huge fan. And at the time in Living Color came out, SNL was kind of lagging. You know, it was between casts. It hadn't quite gotten to the Farley Sandler years. And so there was just this void of good sketch comedy. And man, and Living Color just blew the doors open with it. Right, right. Uh, this uh, came out in uh, 1990, April 15th, actually, is when it premiered. It was on the Fox Network. And you remember back in the day, man, when you had some Marywood children, uh, you had The Simpsons, and then you had In Living Color. It was, yeah, this new Fox channel. Like, man, this this channel's pretty cool. Yeah, it was like, it, it was the it was pretty hip, man. And it was like, hey, forget all the other shows. I want to go to Fox and check that out. It was great. And uh, and the season and the show ran till 1994, and uh, it was done by Keenan and uh, Damon Wayans. Now Damon Wayans is my favorite Wayans brother. Uh, I love him. He is absolutely hysterical. Uh, he's so he's just so good. It's, and I'm talking movie wise. I mean, The Last Boy Scout. I absolutely love that movie, and uh, and he's the uh, the highlight of that film with Bruce Willis. And uh, he has some of the greatest sketches on this show man oh yeah oh yeah i mean he has and he has a lot of the um you know a lot of the returning characters you know he's got quite a few returning characters that that played out his entire run there right and uh let's not forget we had the birth of many people on this show we had uh rosie perez who nobody ever heard of she was the uh, dance choreographer for jennifer lopez of all people who would eventually obviously blow up. Uh, Jennifer Lopez was part of the Fly Girls. And how many times did you see a show that had a bunch of girls dancing to some hip-hop music? It was pretty good stuff. Man, those Fly Girls were awesome. I mean, just the the fashion that they brought. I mean, that was early 90s fashion, you know? Yeah, it was some... I mean, and they also, besides Jennifer Lopez, they got Carrie Ann Inaba. She's the, the uh, judge on uh, Dancing with the Stars. You know, I watch that a lot. Yep, this is true. Uh, we had some Jamie Foxx got introduced into the show, uh, which look at his career now. Uh, we had Oscar uh, winner Jamie Foxx. Winner. Uh, we had David Allen Greer, which I'll tell you, there was a lot of skits that I just did not did not resonate with until he did some uh, some Mr. Tubbs. Man, uh-huh. <laughs> man, I love David Allen Greer. Was like. I, I always thought he was just the, like the glue for the whole show because he was in almost every skit, no matter who was the star of it. And he played the straight man pretty good. And just I, I think he was on un, unsung hero in this cast. Unsung hero. Well, of course, arguably the biggest star out of this whole entire show is Jim Carrey. Never heard of him. Never heard of this guy. No, Jim. Car- oh, OK. Yep. That, that, that guy. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And uh, so good. I mean, uh, which was kind of funny. I just recently watched, I guess he was on the, the Inside the Studio, I think is mm-hmm. the name of the show. Inside the Actor Studio, yeah. Actor Studio. And he was talking about Fire Marshal Bill, which Fire Marshal Bill is my favorite skit that Jim Carrey ever did. And they talked about he talked about how he can only keep the face for two minutes. And then <laughs> that he has to stop because they cut, obviously, during takes and everything like that. So... Uh, it's kind of interesting to hear that he only did that for two minutes, but it's all his face, his his eye, the way he does it, no makeup, no prosthetics. That's just completely him. Yeah, he was uh he was pretty incredible in this. I mean, he was he was you know he had that that stand up special called Rubber Face, and uh, that was really what he was on this man. I mean, he he did everything. Yeah, it was great. Now the opening credits was done by uh, Heavy D. And- mm-hmm. 
think of those? What do you think of the opening credits to this show? I I love this song. I love Heavy D, man. See this just everything about this show with the music. This is this is when I I mean I just loved this early '90s hip hop. Yep. And man, Heavy D, and just the, just I love the opening of them all messing around with the paint. You know, it just, yeah, I love this song. I love everything about it. I mean, as far as musical guests, we had some Public Enemy. We had good old Crisscross, Jump Jump. We had some En Vogue. We had Easy e Before He Died. We had uh, Moni Love. We had Onyx. Remember those guys? Love them, man. Third Base. Man, they had, I loved it when Third Base came on. They came on a couple times. We had MC Light, uh, who, to me, man, she's just phenomenal. Arrested Development. Those guys were just they were ahead of their time, Arrested Development. And uh, I think if those guys had come out again today, we get some crazy music today if Arrested Development was to come back. Uh, we had some Mary J. Blige, and then, of course, Tupac Shakur uh, was on the show. Yep. And he had a great skit with, uh, with, uh, with um, geez, Louise, Jamie Foxx, and uh, what was his name? Tommy Davidson. Tommy Davidson. There you go. Yep. I I just watched that skit last week. It was so good when they were trying to uh, be the bodyguards and <laughs> Tommy Davidson, man, he's just all like putting his head down and, and kinking his face and so good, sir. So good. Just I mean, you know, we're talking about the music and and yeah, th- this is what kind of set them apart was they were getting like the cutting edge of hip hop music at the time. Right. Coming onto that show, not only I mean they. Between every break with the Fly Girls, they're playing some music that I just—I mean, I'm rewatching it now. I'm like, man, I got—I haven't heard that song in forever. But then to get them on, usually, you know, they usually come on at the end when they're saying goodnight, and these groups would come on. It was just—it was great. It really legitimized them too, you know. Right. The only bad thing was that they would cut them off, though. Yeah, yeah. You start to get into it, and they would be done. Yeah, like Chris Cross <laughs> is one of the only few ones that I watched that. I got to see the whole song. It was usually you got through the second verse, credits are hidden, and then bam, they're off the air. And it was just yep. like, oh, I wish you could have spent just a little bit more time on that. But uh, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about our characters, sir. Uh, so Jim Carrey, obviously humongous in this show, and uh, let's talk about some of the uh, some of the sketches that this guy did. We got some right. Fire Marshal Bill. Love this guy. Uh, what's your favorite Jim Carrey skit that this that like his favorite character? I wouldn't say skit because he did like thousands, but right, man. Uh, I mean, we got some Fire Marshal Bill. I'll tell you one I loved. I mean, it wasn't like a recurring character. I think it was only one time, maybe twice, was when he did the uh, the uh, karate expert who was trying to teach the women the self defense. Right, right. I remember Bob Jackson, self-defense expert, and just kept getting stabbed while he's trying to teach the girls how to stop a knife attack. This is true. Oh. Uh, and let's not forget our boy Vanilla Ice was parodied by none other <laughs> than White Bite Baby by Jim Carrey. Right. I mean, if you look up in Living Color, that's like top three most hit video is White White Baby by Jim Carrey. So good. So, uh, so Keenan Ivory Wayne's was the uh, was the big guy, the the guy that obviously created the the show, him and Damon Wayne's, and uh, Keenan Ivory Wayne's. He would eventually go on to do some movies and stuff, but I really liked him, man. I thought he was really great host. He had a lot of charisma. Uh, I you love you love those ugly shirts he came out in every week. Yeah, totally. <laughs> 
Uh, and he always had his brother, Marlon and Sean. Uh, SW1. SW1. They didn't really make a big impact. Marlon didn't come on until season four. Sean was through season one and four, but he was the, you know, he was the DJ with the Fly Girls and everything. So nobody really got to see their comedic talent, which is nowhere near leaps and bounds with Damon Wayans and, and Keenan Ivory Reigns, uh, was arguably, but, uh, you know, those guys, uh, those guys, you know, by season four, most of everybody was leaving because Carrie mm-hmm. was getting big. Damon Wayans was getting big. Uh, David Allen Greer was leaving. Jamie Foxx was getting big because he was only there from like season three through five. There was various cast members that were there through the whole entire thing. Well, and a lot of it too is because Keenan left. You know, Keenan got into a big, big deal with Fox, and he left, and so a lot of the Wayans bailed with him after season four. Yeah. Um. Essentially. Uh, let's see here. Uh, he was, uh, he got into an argument because they were playing, uh, like syndication wise. They were playing a bunch of, uh, like censorship wise. Yeah. Uh, He had, he had full rights of it since he was the, you know, the, the writer and the producer and everything. And Fox was kind of doing whatever they wanted with it. And he was like, well, well, you got to go through me. Yeah. It was uh, the end of the third season is where he kind of stopped appearing because Fox was starting to censor the show, do his content. They were rerunning earlier episodes without his his content, you know, consent. Uh, And then he feared that ultimately it was going to decrease his syndication, which you can turn on cable now and you can find it. So during the fourth season, which is about 1992, uh, he remained executive producer uh, stayed in the opening credits until like the 10th episode, but he was more of like a special guest star. And then Marlon shortly left after that. And uh, and then, yeah, our, our main characters that stayed on through the whole entire uh, show is Jim Carrey, David Allen Greer, Tommy Davidson, Crystal, and then uh, one of the Fly Girls. Yeah. Yeah. So, so good stuff, sir. So some of our characters. Let, let's get into this from like... Uh, A to Z, what are some of the best uh, characters and sketches and everything else like that? So we got David Allen Greer. Uh, he did uh, Al McPhee. You remember this one that he did? McAfee. Oh, the teacher. Yeah, he was a strict, uh, clueless shop teacher. That's right. Uh, it wasn't one of his greatest ones, but he definitely had some uh, memorable skits for sure. Good stuff. Uh, do you have any particular favorites that episode-wise that he did to that character, or just kind of it's kind of vague for you? No, you know I do remember. I uh, just not. Yeah, they kind of all blend together because they were all kind of the same. Yeah. Um, just the yeah the blundering shop teacher who, you know, just can't control what's going on and <laughs> he just goes ballistic. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, Kelly Paul Cofield. Uh, uh, did uh, a great impression of Andrew Dice Clay. Do you remember that? I do. Oh, that was oh, that was so good. It's so controversial at the time when that came out. I mean, she was doing some crazy stuff and having a girl portray Andrew Dice Clay with his such sick jokes that he always had was just priceless. I mean, it was just like your your mouth was dropping to the floor when you were watching her portray him. It was great. Yeah, that was good. That was a good one. And then, of course, uh, one of my all-time favorite Damon Waynes was Anton Jackson. Anton Jackson. 
<laughs> and that that character, I mean, I think that went the entire time he was there, from the pilot all the way through. It did. And uh, and him and Jim Carrey were always about grossing each other out. So there was, as you know, he always carried the pickle jar. Right, his 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 toilet. And there was one <laughs> where uh, Jim Carrey wanted to gross him out, so he decided to drink his jar. And then uh, Damon Wayans was like, you're not going to step me up. So he decided to eat the pick <laughs> long that been sitting there, you know, during all these skits and stuff. And that was great. I think that's in kind of the bloopers uh, where they're like Jim Carrey always makes everybody laugh. But, man, he was great, man. I always loved it when he used his boogers to hold up his cardboard box. Right. Nasty, man. So good. But uh, he he's one of my favorites, man, as Anton Jackson. Uh, let's talk about uh, Mr. and Mrs. Brooks, Kim Waynes and David Allen Greer. You remember these guys? They were a lovingly elderly couple that attempted to kill each other every time they were on screen. Oh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, what about the Brothers Brothers? The Brothers Brothers. Brothers Brothers, I never liked those sketches, man. That was one of the few that I just... I hear you, man. It was just, I they do. I love the white jokes that they did though, when they're just like, ha ha ha. You know, they apparently they never realized they were black. Right, right. That that was the joke. That was always priceless. Uh, I just loved the happy face that they had, and then they play the song at the end of the skit where you you clearly they obviously don't know how to play the banjo that they're playing. Uh, it was just great, man. People would start cheering and laughing before they could even finish the skit because of, of just the stuff that they were saying in the song. Uh, I always loved it when they sang the song. That was always my favorite part. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. So let's talk about David Allen Greer's Calhoun Tubbs. Calhoun Tubbs. Wrote a song about it. like the hit. Here it go. I love this guy, man. He's like, I got 12,000 songs, none of them over 13 seconds long. <laughs> guy is some good times, man. Oh, this is when I really started to appreciate David Allen Greer is whenever this guy would come on, man. Oh, I love it. It's some good stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's good, man. I love Calhoun Tubbs. But Jason, man, he does a pretty good impression of that guy, man. You, yeah. You heard him on Flicks, right, where he does the, ah, ah. Yep. Thank you very much. <laughs> I can't do it justice, but he is so good. So uh, let's talk about uh, some of Jamie Foxx's guys. I never liked the girl that he played. The Wanda. Wanda. Oh, that was always like I roll my eyes whenever that one came on the screen. Wanda was a big hit, though, man. You think so? Wanda was big. I mean, man, there was a while there where he was rolling Wanda out, it seemed like, every week. Every- and. Man, just get a blow up, you know, collapse just as soon as he came out with it. So, I mean, somebody loved it. Yeah. Uh, I remember he played Carl the Tooth Williams where he was kind of. I loved Carl the Tooth Williams. Yeah, it was some good stuff. Uh, I remember Keenan Ivory Waynes being on the, uh, what was it, uh, the date show with uh, Gibson. Uh, the, the girl he beat up. What's her name? Robin Gibbons. Givens, yeah. And Keenan Ivory Waynes did just a perfect impression of his tooth and his smile and his talk and trying to pick up Robin Givens was just uh priceless. And Jim Carrey was the uh was <laughs> a good skit. I love that one. I watch that one all the time. That one's really great. Uh, nice. So what about the Dirty Dozens? You remember those? I love the Dirty Dozens was one of my favorite skits, especially the last couple seasons. They That's- bring in my guy Nick Nick Bakai to host it and just 
Oh man, the 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 wheel of dozens was my favorite one. Oh yeah, it it was really great. The insults your mom, uh, your mom is so fat when she sits around the house. She sits around the house. Yeah, I mean they they just had to tell your mama jokes. Yeah, that was the whole. And the the, the I love the wheel of dozens was great because it was the one guy that kept getting he get your mama's so beautiful, your mama's so good at math, and he's like, come on, man. <laughs> uh, some I'll tell you, I'd be on the schoolyard. Being like, man, your mom is so stupid. She tripped over a cordless phone because I'd be picking up all these <laughs> the dirty dozen. And Jamie Foxx, I don't know if he was improv or what, but he was killing on this skit. T-Dog. So good. I just uh, These mama jokes, man, were so good. I mean, even uh, the show on uh, MTV uh, with, uh, Wil- with Wilmer from uh, that 70s show called Your Mama, he's the host. And, yep. and they try to kind of do a little dirty dozen skit with the getting groups around from different towns together and stuff. But this is where it all began, man. This is where the mama jokes really started. Did you ever see a show on HBO? I remember it from around this time, like early 90s. And there was a really young, really fat Tracy Morgan on it. And it was called Snaps. And it was basically like Wilmer's show, only much earlier, you know, just telling your mama jokes back and forth to each other. I think I do. I think I remember that. I remember watching that show. Deaf Comedy Jam. I always watched that like every Saturday night, man. We had some Russell Simmons was the host of Deaf Comedy Jam and uh yeah, and I think Snaps played right around the same time as Deaf yep. Comedy Jam, man. It was some yep. good stuff. Uh and you know, some of the stuff they got away got away with in this show is just mind blowing. Uh you know, racial wise, I mean, one of the biggest reasons why it's called Living Color is, you know, because of the fact of the, the lack of white people that are on the show. But it was always good at poking fun at everybody, you know. Right. It, it was very diverse and it was very, um, it really took a lot of social issues. Like a lot during that time, there was a lot of uh, reverends that were stealing money. And then you'd get Jim Carrey up in there trying to steal people's money. So they would take things that were happening in the, in the actual public and turn it into skits to try to, you know, make it as funny as possible and lighthearted as possible. But at the same time, they were breaking boundaries in this show man it was crazy oh yeah man i mean they were it was more than a few times that they got censored by the networks they had to pull things or i mean because they kind of they, they pushed the envelope you know and that that was the whole point of it though is with this new network you know that was trying to i think fox kind of loved it though because it got them attention just you know they have like three shows that people watch let's get some attention so people watch this new network yeah, it did. I mean, they they got a lot of publicity for it, and and obviously people people responded because the live shows were getting bigger and bigger every season, and uh, the movie stars were just coming out of coming out of left and right. Man, uh, I'd be seeing Tommy Davidson in a movie. I'd be seeing Jamie Foxx in a movie. You know, Damon Wayans. I was like, yes, my favorite Wayans brother. Yes, you know, and I I love Keenan Ivory Wayans with Steven Seagal and The Glimmer Man. Some good times. He's in love with Casablanca, has his whole house in Casablanca. And when they blow up his house and the Casablanca poster falls in his lap when he's laying on a car. You remember that movie? I'm glad somebody loves it, man. <laughs> you know, oh, man, you got you got to add that to your guilty pleasures next time. <laughs> yeah, that's guilty, all right. I hear you. Dysfunctional home show, Jamie Foxx, alcoholic, depressed man. Grandpa Jack McGee was Jim Carrey. He was host of a housekeeping show, 
And then uh, Jamie Foxx was like the abusive boyfriend. You remember this defunct <laughs> show skit? Yep, yep. Not really too much. It's kind of, you know, I, I remember a few, but nothing that was really like, okay, this is this is great. Like East Hollywood Squares. That was some good stuff. It, the kind of the ripoff of Hollywood Squares. We mm-hmm. get some Gary Coleman up in there, and we actually had some celebrities in there. Um, David Allen Greer would be. Uh, he, I remember one time he was playing Dr. Dre, and then uh, we had Little Richard. Jamie Fox could always do a Little Richard. Great. Right. Uh, what'd you think of the East Hollywood Squares? Is that one of your favorites, or not really? Um, no, it, it's. I wouldn't call it one of my favorites. I remember it. You know, it's entertaining, but yeah. And uh, it gives everybody a chance to do their, you know, celebrity impressions. Yeah, it was good stuff. So Fire Marshal Bill, uh, the one thing that I always loved was let me show you something. Mm-hmm. Let me show you something. So good. And in his characters and Ace Ventura and stuff, you could see Fire Marshal Bill, like when he puts his head back and starts laughing, he would do that in right. Ace Ventura. So I love Fire Marshal Bill. That's my favorite Jim character character. That was his that was his big breakout character on the show. I mean, that was the one that just just I mean, visually, it's just so crazy. You know, and then just the the things that they'd have him doing. I mean, that it was obvious that was the big breakout character for him. Yeah, I mean they were doing Tom and Jerry stuff, you know, stuff that yeah. all cartoons could do. Don't worry, folks, I'm a fire marshal. <laughs> exactly love it i mean it was it was a great great one i love that that that's top of the list for me uh in my top three easily uh is fire marshal bill Uh, frenchie was keenan ivory waynes don't really remember this one too much oh if i remember frenchie was kind of like a little richard type character from the first season yeah kind of flamboyant i don't yeah i never really dug it Speaking of flamboyant, let's talk about my favorite flamboyant dudes, men on film. <laughs> Blaine Edwards and Antoine Merriweather. They would always be hated it. <laughs> <laughs> they brought us the uh, the snapping in Z formation. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Pretty Woman. Hated it. <laughs> Ring up Top Gun. Oh, so good, man. I love me some men on film. And, of course, there really wasn't any gay tv or any sort of gay characters on tv so when i first saw this as a kid i was confused i was like <laughs> why are those guys dressed like that and why are they talking like that but i think i like it that's funny so i would be like hated it so uh, this show easily can go over kids heads easily oh but, yeah but yet kids could to a certain point kids could watch this and still have a good time and laugh. I mean, they did try to put this at a good seven o'clock, eight o'clock time frame where, you know, if the kids were still awake it'd be okay. But the good thing is a lot of the jokes did go over people's head. But now when I watch it now, especially men on film, and uh and you see Damon Wayne's bending over and David Allen Greer checking him out, it's just like wow. It's just There's I mean, that's the thing that made this show great though, was I mean you go from a broad character like Fire Marshal Bill that kids can love and blah, blah, and then you go to this, which a lot of it, like you say, is going to go over their head. And then, I mean, they had some some darker and some, some, some really dark humor in, in here thrown in. And so you go, like, all over the place, so there's something for everybody. Right. And you rewatch it, and you're like, wow, I didn't remember that. <laughs> the biggest one that the kids love was Homie the Clown. I mean, right. Everybody knew who Homie the Clown was. Homie, don't play that. 
I don't think so. I mean, it was just great. It was just a, a pissed off guy dressed up as a clown that has to go talk to some raunchy kids every single, you know, as his pay. And he just hates them. And it's just, you know, as an adult, you resonate with this character because it's a guy that just does not like his job and doesn't want to go. <laughs> and it's part of his parole arrangement that he's got to dress up as a clown. And then you want you want homie to humiliate himself, huh? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, that's so good. The stuff that he would do with the sock. David Allen Greer was always the one that got the beat in the most, though. Oh yeah. He was the one. Like he was in every single one. Him and Kelly were always the two that you could always count on. And then to- when Tommy Davidson would be in there, man, he would just tear him to pieces. <laughs> Love me some homie the clown. It was some good good stuff. Uh, so then Damon Wayans would do handyman. My favorite hand. Oh, this is don't underestimate the power of the handicap. <laughs> <laughs> Love handyman. It is so good. Uh, the last skit I watched was some dude was, uh, was, was in the bathroom and he was in there for an hour and Tommy Davidson was in his wheelchair and he wouldn't get, come out. So he rips the door off and sticks the guy's head in the toilet throws him out the window and oh so bad but so good man he was a real real superhero man he's a real superhero but of course his famous catchphrase never underestimate the power of the handicap (laughs) (laughs) which is good because you know he they really knew how to do a perfect balance with this guy they weren't making fun of handicapped people because they were really showing that even handicapped people can be superheroes but they were trying to be lighthearted with it at the same time. I think the show, for the most part, did a very good job at keeping a balance between not going too far where you're just like, that that was way too far. You need to cut that to where uh, you're like, wow, I can't believe they just did that, but it works. You know, there's a right. lot of, there's a lot of episodes I watch where I'm laughing and my wife's looking at me and she's laughing and we both say to each other, I can't believe we're laughing at this. You know, I feel dirty laughing at this, but it's <laughs> so uh, so handyman. Love me some handyman. Now, there's one skit that I hate. I cannot stand. And that's head detective. Yeah. Oh, man. Good call. Good call. Yeah. I hate head detective. It was never appealing to me whatsoever. And for those of you who don't know, it's where Damian Waynes was betraying a, a police detective who only had a head and a pair of feet and tiny hands. He was Mr. Potato Head, basically. And and Keenan Ivory Waynes was the guy that had to hold him the whole time. And it was just so bad. I was, I was always waiting for this to go away. I was like... Cause... There was a couple of them, though. I mean, that one and the... Uh, what was the Heymon sketch? Yeah, what do you think of the Heymon sketch? I never, I never liked that one either. That was another one that was just like, oh, man, it's... Because it was the same sketch every time. You only have 20 jobs? Oh, you're so lazy. It just it was the same. They couldn't do anything with it. Yeah. Uh, I hear you. Uh, I think Head Detective and Hey Man were, were in the same ballpark together. But, yeah. But uh, home sh- Homeboy Shopping Network. <laughs> that's, where, that's where we got more money. More money, more money, more money. We're- no credit, no problem, no cash. We got a problem. Yeah, we're going to show you how to make more money without using your money. It, the cops would be banging down the door every single time, man. <laughs> the blue light special. <laughs> it's special. Uh, I love Homeboy Shopping Network. Easily in my top five. It was great. Uh, this was a priceless, priceless skit. I absolutely loved it. It was great stuff. 
what about Ice Poe? This is one that Sean Waynes eventually did where he played a violent street poet. Do you remember this? I, I don't remember that at all. And neither do I. It, that one was kind of like uh, I've heard people like it, and I'd be like, I don't think I know that one. So uh, then we have uh, now Crystal, like Takia Crystal. I, I can never really say her name, but she does – uh, she did LaShawn, which was a... Oh, you talking about Takea Crystal? Yeah, Takea Crystal. Thank you. She did uh, the various customer service jobs, giving major ghetto sassy attitude to her customers. I enjoyed her, man. I thought she was... These skits were hilarious. Yeah, she was good, man. She was underrated. Yeah, exactly. She was definitely underrated. She was some good stuff. I, I really enjoyed her characters. So uh, then we have the music video parodies. Uh, which, you know, of course, the big one at the time was the Michael Jackson black, uh, black or white, black or white. Yeah. Never forget. I missed it where it was, uh, I guess Michael Jackson had was beating up cars and, and grabbing. It. Yeah. Yeah. And I never saw that. It was, it was a one time premiere. And the only time I ever saw that was based on the Tommy Davidson, uh, you know, parody of this. So I was like, oh, okay, so that's what happens in the video because anytime MTV or VH1 played it, it was always the cut version. Right. So, to this day, I've never actually seen the oh, un- haven't you? uncut version of that. Yep. He's standing on the roof of the cars, just smashing them in. Like, yeah, I, what's going on? Clips from like, you know, okay, the top 100 songs of the decade or whatever, but I've never seen it from beginning to end. The Macaulay Culkin, you know, him turning uh-huh. Panther. I've seen the various clips, but I saw the Tommy Davidson uh, clip, which was just absolutely great. So yeah, they had a lot of great ones. I mean, just I mean the the Tracy Chapman uh, rip off one, and just you know the Vanilla Ice and the Snow, and just they were they were good with them. Kim Waynes was great. Uh, she was another one that uh, you didn't hear that from me. No, you didn't. I'm, I loved her Grace Jones, man. She did the best Grace Jones ever. Yeah, she, I really love Kim Waynes. Uh, she's another one that uh, I think she wasn't underrated, but she doesn't get as much props as I think she deserves. I thought I don't think she ever. I didn't. I didn't ever really love any of the sketches that were based around her, but I liked it when she was in a sketch. Oh, so you're saying she's a better. Uh, so she's an ensemble player, yeah. A better supporting character. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that that's fair enough. Uh, yeah, we had some LL Cool J, Mamasin Knock You Out. Uh, Loved it. Yeah, that was a great one. Uh, Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation, which is what Kim Waynes did. Uh, but uh, the big. Oh, one- that was the that was the when she was Whitney Houston, the Rhythmless Nation. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> that was a good one. When Jim Carrey did uh, Informer, yeah, <laughs> that was his his Ice Ice Baby was way better. But this one was still entertaining, though. Um, good stuff. So yeah, that the the two biggest ones are probably Black or White and uh, Ice Ice Baby are probably the two most famous skits musical wise music nope. video parodies. So those were awesome. So we had some Oswald Bates. You remember this guy? Where he, uh, Damon Waynes, was uh, in a prison whose vocabulary. Ah, <laughs> I love these. Yeah, that was some good, good stuff, man. He and he'd be sitting there talking on the phone back and forth, my brother. And his his big vocabulary, they didn't know what any of the words meant. Right. Unfortunately, we could not impregnate everyone. It's just beyond <laughs> our clinical threshold. Yeah, stuff like that. Love. Yeah, that was that was a good one. 
the overly confident gay man. Jim Carrey portrays the gay man who's recently come out of the closet and wants everybody to know about it. Do you remember this? Good. I don't. I don't remember that. Yeah. Uh, I saw like two clips and it kind of went over Laura. I was like, uh, okay, you know, I took it for what it is. You know, it really wasn't all that great. Hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, we had some Damon Wayans portraying uh, Richard Pryor. Uh, you remember yeah. some of those um, skits he did? I thought, uh, boy, some of the guys that did really good impersonations. Tommy Davidson could always do Sammy Davis Jr. He could always do him perfectly, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing is most of the people on here did spot. I mean, I think Keenan Ivory, his uh, his Billy D. Williams was amazing, and then they had the the sketch where Billy D. showed up actually. Yeah, and I'm like, man, because that was spot on. They had a lot of good ones. Oh, I loved it. And then um, the Sweet Tooth Jackson, where Tommy Davidson was that karate instructor with Mm -hmm. Afro haircut. This one was always over the top for me. I was like, I either love it or hate it. That's kind of how these skits were for me. Well, and it was just so funny because Tommy Davidson weighs like, you know, a buckle three dripping wet. And he's got that huge Afro and he's like ripped like a little kid. I mean, it was hilarious. Yeah, it was some good stuff. And then uh, Kelly Cofield, uh, who would later be, or Caulfield, would later be in Living Single. She did Velma uh, Mulholland, uh, where she was like a woman who looks and acts at the style of film noir movies. And she- Oh, yeah. Yeah, I never dug these. Yeah, I really like her in, in, Liv- in Living Single. I thought she's great. She's one of my favorite characters from that show. But I never really felt her too much in Living Color. Yeah. I think she moved on to, you know, to bigger and better things for for her. Uh so yeah, she was good stuff. But yeah, uh we we talked about Wanda, not a not a big fan of Wanda. And then uh and then we had some uh one-time or in, uh infrequent skits. So we had uh do you remember when they did uh Star Trek and we had uh Damon Wayne's as Farrakh, I believe was his name that No, I don't remember that. It was like, uh, oh man, what was it? Uh, Hail my black brother, you know, and he put his fist up in the air, and oh, I can't remember who that guy was. <laughs> and oh, when he was Louis Farrakhan. Yeah, that's it. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. In my ignorance, audience, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not good with history, man. I'm just the uh, big Muslim leader. Ah, Farrakhan. And I uh, yeah, he he walked into uh, it was Star Trek and. And Jim Carrey was, of course, doing a perfect, uh, you know, James Kirk, you know, Shatner, and uh, and then we had David Allen Greer who was playing Spock, and he and he came on to basically take over the ship, and uh, and that was some good stuff, man. I, I really liked that character. I thought that was some good stuff. Um, Chris Rock for Anonymous Express. Uh, mm-hmm. Sean Waynes would play the character of Chris Rock. Uh, I thought he did good. Um, that was some, those were some funny ones. Um, but for the most part, um, the biggest ones that I really remember are like the late night with Mike Tyson or, um, I loved, I mean, talk about Mike Tyson. I loved the three champs where they get, they get Tyson, Tommy Davidson would do his Sugar Ray Leonard. And then, uh, was it David Allen Greer would do Muhammad Ali? Yeah. They did the three men and a baby with those three. That was hilarious. And the name of that Star Trek one was called The Wrath of uh, Farrakhan. That was the name. Okay. And then uh, when Jim Carrey would do Pee-wee's Big Adventure, mm-hmm. 
where he would pretend to be he do the puppet and be like this is the new talking pump the the new talking puppet and uh it, he would kind of make fun of the whole movie theater experience that he did uh was always an interesting skit needless to say but that didn't last too much i think he only had two two or three of those so so uh so yeah those are the those are the biggest ones man from from in living color so i think we missed one of my favorite ones what's that unless i was unless i was napping when you said it but funky finger productions funky funky finger productions was my favorite skit and i bet it was on i think it was it was the longest running one on the show it was with david Allen green tommy davidson and they'd show up and they were like the hustlers. They'd show up and be like, hey, man, uh, you know, let me give you your, my card. Oh, I'm fresh out. Howard. Bam. Bam! <laughs> That's with, with Clavel and Howard Tubbs third. Oh, so good. It was the always the bam. It would always be quiet. And Tommy Davidson would just bam. Super- and that, that sketch was on the entire run from one to five. And it would just get more and more ridiculous how Tommy Davidson was going to how long he'd wait for it. <laughs> watch yourself bam oh that was so good you're right i totally forgot about that one so good. those always make me laugh sales brochure video cassettes business card. <laughs> i'm fresh out howard <laughs> bam so good oh um did i miss any other ones man i i tried to remember as much as there i was there was another one, and I can't remember their names, but it was uh, they did a few of them. It was Jim Carrey and Kelly Caulfield, where they were like kids, like grade school kids out on the playground, and Jim Carrey was like always like this snot nosed kid, and his hair was sticking up, and Kelly Caulfield would always be making fun of him. Was that the dysfunctional home show? No, I don't think so. They'd be like they'd always be on the playground. He'd be like, "Whatever, don't talk to me like that," and she'd be making. They were they were like grade school kids. Oh, man, I wish I could remember it. I have no idea what the name of that one was. Oh, all right, this is where we need the listeners to help us out. This is where I'm getting yelled at from the other side of the other nope. side of the microphone. They're like, how could you totally forget that one? <laughs> yeah, if we forgot anybody else, because there's a lot. I mean, with five seasons, five years, there's a lot of skits. Uh, obviously, we, we there's no way we could possibly cover all of them. But the ones that we did, though... These are, you know, these ones are awesome. So, all in all, sir, with this show, would you say that, uh, you know, what we'll do is when we talk about the show and we get kind of towards the end, we'll kind of talk about if it's still relevant today. Could you still go out, watch it, and just enjoy it as much today as you could back when it first came out? So, as of today in 2012, could you sit back, relax, and watch some Living Color like it was on TV today and love it just as much as you did back then? I really think so. I think this show, what's surprising about it, having rewatched a bunch of it recently is how well it holds up. I mean, yeah, a lot of it is very dated to the early 90s, and I have a great nostalgia for the early 90s. Um, but a lot of it, the comedy itself, really holds up. And I think that, I think that a lot of TV as far as the comedy side of TV has really been diluted over the last few years. I don't think there's any great comedy like this, like especially sketch comedy. Um, I I would love to see something like this again. You know, I think, I think it had a special place in time when it came out. And I think that um, it really obviously broke a lot of new ground 
and really shook up what what you could do on TV, what you could get away with in prime time. Um, and I, I think it could do the same thing now. Yeah. Uh, you know, that is one thing we really didn't touch on too much was just the, the way that they were able to, you know, kind of, you know, eventually they expanded. They didn't just have black people. They didn't just have white people. They'd get some Oriental people on the show. They really tried to expand and be diverse. But, you know, the, the one thing is they, they were always respectful and just their whole thing was just to have as much fun as possible and just to make fun of yourself was kind of the whole theme of that was the thing i mean you know how, how we live in and live in color right i mean we're just they're having fun they're there to have fun they come out it's nobody's fit nobody's you know everyone's fair game no one's safe exactly. but nobody's i mean we're not going to beat on somebody you know because you know what i got i got problems too yeah you know it in saturday night live i don't give any disrespect to whatsoever it's a pioneer it's amazing there's been so many great actors that have come out of uh, saturday night live for me sketch comedy wise i would always turn to a living color first before i would go to saturday night live it just for me this show just meant so much to me it was just the point in point of my time where I was in the 90s where I was getting these jokes and I could use these jokes the next day in school to rip on some dude that was hurting, you know, making fun of me the other day. You know, it's just this was the every week I'd be like, when's in living color coming on? You know, is my favorite skit going to get played? Because you right. knew what you were going to get that night, you know, but I, I agree, man. You know, uh, I love this show. I think it's still relevant today. And uh, I've I've said it hundreds of times that uh, there's no other show that could push the boundaries like In Living Color did today that it did back then. Because, I mean, nowadays we just – it's more – it's – I think it's more for shock value than it is for what they were trying to do. You know? No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's all about, okay, how many swear words can we get in? How many, you know, heads can we have blown off? What, what kind of shock value can we do versus these guys? We're just all about what's, how can we get uh, to look at themselves and make fun of themselves and and just have a good time, you know? And yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think I think the biggest thing too is, I mean, you talk about the shock value. I think nowadays it's more they figure out, okay, what's gonna get the biggest shock, and that's where they stop. And in, with with the Living Color, they would do that. They would say, I think, you know, this is gonna be shocking, but we still have to build around it. We can't just go for the for that. We have to still make it funny, yeah. and we still have to, you know, the shocking thing that we're gonna do can be the could be the big thing but we still got to make it funny we can't just have that be the sketch right exactly exactly so yeah uh i give this uh a solid recommend to everybody out there and uh go check it out you know it's on cable nowadays it switches between syndication channels you know i just kind of find it 10 o'clock 10 30 at night flipping through cable and bam it's there so i got i got a question for you yeah all right so what do you think i mean this show only lasted what five seasons, right? Yep. And towards the end, they were kind of, you know, they were losing a lot of their main people. And I think if they went to a sixth season, pretty much, you know, your your Jim Carrey and your David Unger, they were going to be gone. Right. So, I mean, do you think it's great in our memory because it was such a short run, whereas like a Saturday Night Live, I mean, if they would have stopped like after you know the Bill Murray and Chevy Chase years and all that. They, I mean, people look back at those years like, oh, they were the best, and then they go through their dips and their lulls, and 
ups and downs. I mean, if In Living Color had kept going from 94 up till today, do you think it would have been so great in our memory still? Oh, it would have been watered down. That's my thing with Saturday Night Live. It's so watered down for me that uh, I, if, like you said, man, if they would have quit around that era, I mean, maybe up to the the Chris Farley after that point, just kind of, you know, kind of. But I mean, they almost shut down in the 80s when, when it was the Robert Downey Jr., Anthony Michael Hall years. They were, they were closing up doors. Yeah. And, you know, Eddie Murphy and all them saved them. This is true. Yeah, I really do think that it would have been, you know, watered down. I I think it's a great idea that Keenan Ivory Waynes wanted to bring it back, but he was only going to do two episodes because he wanted to see how it would go in today's world without, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to do a whole season. He's like, I I got two episodes for you. I'm going to bring it out, see how you guys dig it. If we get a great response, we'll think about bringing back the show and bringing some new blood. But I think that the five, because like the fifth season was weak. I mean, the fifth season is by far the weakest of them all. But season two and three is like your top gold. You couldn't, you know, peak watch. Every episode, every episode's killer. Yeah, every episode was beyond amazing. But uh, I think them stopping at five, they didn't jump the shark. They knew, okay, our time is, you know, we're losing viewers. They realized that they needed to stop which most shows don't. They're all about making the money. These guys were respectful enough and smart enough to realize that we've run our course. It's time that we all move on to bigger and better things, but that what we've done has been so impactful that our show will live on forever. And it's true, man. Look at it. We're talking about it now in 2012, and this show came out back in the 90s, man. So. And it's still in syndication. Usually, if your show is in syndication, that's pretty much a good, uh, you know, pat on your back saying, "Hey, you did a good job with the show." You know, we're putting it back in syndication. I don't see no "Give Me a Break," "Silver Spoons." I don't see all that stuff in syndication. As much as I watched that stuff as a kid, I don't see Blossom and all that other stuff. I Man, see- but I've been—I've started a letter writing campaign. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Bel Air though, man, that's that was comedy, that gold right there, and that's I yep. see that on TV. But yeah, I, I agree with you that uh, I, I think maybe if they would have stopped at season four and be like, bam, I think it would have been like so tight that uh, you know you couldn't throw any stones at that show whatsoever by the end of season four. But because right. you got season five in there, it's like yeah, you can kind of take a few punches here and there, but nothing that would knock it off its feet. I would say. Yeah, I think season. I think if they would have lost Jim Carrey at the end of season four, it would have been done. Yeah, because he was. I mean, season five, people were tuning in to see Jim Carrey. Exactly. You know, I mean, yeah, he was in Living Color, but so many of the people were new, um, and you know, just kind of the characters gotten tired. But it's still, I mean, this is when Ace Ventura was coming out. Yep. And it's like, man, he was tearing it up. He was. They put his name first in the credits, man. I'll never forget that when I was like, wow, Jim Carrey's the the main star of the show now. Yeah, it wasn't James Carey in the credits anymore. It was Jim Carey. Carey, he was the main guy. And I was like, wow, what happened to... Because I was, even though I love Jim Carey, I was missing my Damon Waynes. I was mm-hmm. mostly Damon Waynes because I just could not get enough of Handyman and I couldn't get enough of uh, of the bum and oh, just the... So all the skits we talked about with him in it, I mean, I think for me, Damon Wayans was my favorite person on In Living Color. 
then would be Jim Carrey. I is you know obviously Jim Carrey is more famous than Damon Wayne's is, but for me it was Damon Wayne's one, Jim Carrey two. That's kind of how it was because he was just so he never. I don't know, man. He was just I. It's, I don't know what the, I want to try to say here, man, to get my point. <laughs> well, he was in. I mean, Damon Wayans was in every sketch. He was. He has a charisma to him. Exactly. That a lot of. I mean, even the other Wayans don't have. He has a special charisma to him when he comes out. You know, you're like, man, this guy, and still he still does. I mean, in his what? Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank on his. His sitcom that he had a few years ago, My Wife and Kids. Yep, uh, with uh, good old uh, oh, the girl <sighs> who married Martin Lawrence. Yeah, Tisha Campbell. Campbell, yep, that's a good show, man. My kids are like, uh, my daughter watches that show because it comes on uh, on Nickelodeon. Yeah, SpongeBob. And uh, when *A Living Color* came on one night, and, and he was just as uh, you know, just just as uh, handyman. She's like, is that the guy from my wife? <laughs> yeah, girl, this is him. And she was just by the end, her mouth was just dropped. And by the end of it, she was laughing. She was laughing so hard. She was crying by all the skits that he was in. And I was like, see, this is who I, you know, this is my guy right here. This is why I love this guy. And now you get to experience him in your childhood. You know, for me, I was, I was in my teens when this came out. I was like 13, 14, roughly. You know, this is my this is my 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 teenage years, man. This is the the shows you watch in your teenage years are like the most influential to you. You know. Well, yeah, because you, I mean, you have a lot of time. You and you are in a you know obviously an influential stage in your life where you know you're you're searching, man. You find something that you can attach to and be like, this this show gets me, or I get this show. Exactly. Yeah, man. Yeah, you said it right. You hit the head, the nail right in the head, man. This show gets you, and you get it. That's what In Living Color is. And one, just one big sentence for you is: In Living Color, you get it, it gets you. I mean, that's really, that's really all there is to say about In Living Color. It's just great. So, do you, uh, do you have any other things that you want to say about In Living Color before we, uh, we roll in the emails? No, man. I think, I think we covered everything. All right, sir. Well, then let's roll into emails. I think we covered everything. Okay. And, if, and you know what? If we miss something, where, where are they going to send an email to us? You're going to send an email to uh, ccpodcast1, and that's the number one because some idiot already had this name. In- and we're I'm, I'm, I'm got, I got some feelers out to this guy. We're going to get this. But we'll be the number one TV show. It's okay. It's going to happen. We'll may take us a couple hundred years, but it'll happen. So it's ccpodcast1 at gmail.com. And uh, we already got some great emails, but uh, uh, the emailers, sir, they're called the they're called the channel surfers, sir. Do you, do you have I like it? Why? I love it. You love it, sir. I I think it fits perfectly, man. The channel surfers, because man, that, that's what we're doing, man. We're changing the channel every episode, and it just kind of fits, man. The the channel surfers, and and everybody seems to dig in. We have a board, sir. We have a we have a Facebook board. Not only do we have a Facebook page, it's uh, www facebook.com slash changing channels podcast but we have a facebook group it's changing channels podcast 
what's it called, sir? Oh my gosh, I am drawing a blank because I am stupid today. It is called the CCP Channel Surfers. Channel Surfers. Here you go. All right. See, the group is so new, even I don't know the name of it. So we'll get it down after a couple episodes. Down, yeah. And then don't forget Twitter. That's blown up. We got 23 followers already, and that's CC Podcast One on Twitter. Go follow that, and uh, immediately you will get all the information on whenever any episode has been uploaded. Uh, obviously, with the first episode here. By the time you're listening to it, it's already on iTunes, but the first episode always takes a couple of days to actually get in iTunes. But all future episodes, since this is a monthly podcast, you never know when a new episode's coming out, and Jameson's well aware of monthly podcasts. That's just that's your thing. That's, that's your bread and butter is monthly podcasts, right? We are uh, basically a monthly podcast, sometimes twice a month, but you know I don't like to do too much work. Yeah, it's all good, and you know <laughs> – uh, I try to do a new episode every week, uh, but, you know, with the shadowy flight and with this one, uh, you know, it's the new baby. You got to take care of it. So, you know, I, I'm only doing three episodes a month on that sucker. But uh, I love your bonus episodes, sir. They're always a good time, man. I, I half the time the bonus episodes are even better than the movies you're covering, man, because they're you guys just talk about some great topics over there, man. Well, so. be on the lookout for the new one because we got one coming out soon. And wait, and, and I sent my list in, sir, and you said it's interesting. So if you say it's interesting, <laughs> I, I'm excited to hear your comments. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I did actually have a, a request that said, uh, are the channel surfers going to get nicknames? Because over on Sweep Delay Podcast, uh, the STL Nation, everybody has a nickname. Jameson has Jameson the Great, uh, which fits you, sir, obviously. You know, you, you kind of came up with that on your own. You're just like, hey, I'm Jameson the Great. That's because I'm the the self-proclaimed STL legend. Exactly. That's how you were doing great. Uh, we got Anthony, that big emailer, Cheerful Charlie. I mean, there's so many people there. So I was like, hey, you know, if you want if you want the nicknames, you get it. So and how do you get the nicknames, sir? Do you remember? You send an email in. Send an email in and you get a nickname. So uh, needless to say, we'll continue that tradition of the of the uh, nicknames because people people love that so uh sounds good first emailer sir came from uh tawana diversity williams she was the first person to write in so let's give her yeah man she's been super active on there too i love it oh yeah over at the uh over at the facebook group man she's been posting some like every day just post yeah she's i love it she's entertaining man she's she's great time so here is the first email, it says, what is up, Masunis and the Changing Channels crew? I heard you were doing this new TV podcast, which, by the way, she hates the name of the podcast, but she's still being supportive. She she has issues with that name, but I, I think it fits. But I told her it's cool. I respect the fact you don't like the name, but I'm sticking with it. So Very good. And uh, she says, I wanted to wish you luck and give you my two cents on In Living Color. In Living Color was one of those shows I can remember my whole family gather around the TV to watch on Sundays. My sisters and I would often dance and sing along to the theme song when it came on and do our best to try and imitate the funniest jokes and skits the next day at school. I hear you. I was doing the same thing. Just to give you a better idea on how much a geek I was back then, I remember that I drew a picture of Homie the Clown on a pair of my jeans and another one on a blank t-shirt to match and actually wore this to school. To my surprise, I actually got a few requests from classmates to do theirs. 
I think I drew like three of them before I got bored with it. I wish I still had that outfit though so I could take a picture for the group to mock, but oh well. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Just like your cool as ice uh, steps in the hair, sir. That's right. Man, good stuff. <laughs> okay, so my favorite skit has to be Men on Film. There you go, girl. Uh, I'm giving you applause right there. Every week there would be another ridiculous outfit or a Zorro snap in the Z formation. And I personally love to see what Adlib Damon would do to make David Allen Greer laugh or mess up his lines during a skit. That is something we forgot to mention. There's been numerous times where they would actually keep that in, where you would see the other person laugh. And I loved it, man. It gave it a live feel. did, you know, even though... Uh, I've seen the bloopers where it would be live and they mess up and start over. It did have that feel to it where anything goes. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. So that that's a good point that you brought up. Uh, Jim Carrey was another favorite as the horse-like Vera DeMilo. Vera DeMilo. We forgot about her. Forgot about that one. Uh, Fire Marshal Bill, the evangelist in the Hour of Power. That's the one I was talking about. <laughs> and that... Uh, and that kids telethon skit still cracks me up to this. Jerry's kids, man, where he did. Oh, I forgot about Jerry's kids. Kids, yep, yep. <laughs> Tommy Davidson's that. Oh man, he's he needs more activator juice, so they're having the telethon for him. <laughs> that's right. That's some good stuff. The music video parodies were always spot on and hilarious. Some favorites were Kim Wayne's as Tracy Chapman. Late yep. Whitney Houston in the Rhythmless Nation, Jim Carrey's Vanilla Ice, Tommy Davidson as MC Hammer. Oh, that was so bad. The the MC Hammer stop. Yeah, the zipper stuck. Oh, I remember that. There's so many. Of course, the show had its flaws too. Some skits lasted way too long, and by the series ending, I couldn't stomach Anton, Wanda, Head Detective, or Hey Man anymore. Which had a girl. She nailed it. Nailed it. She way to go, girl. For the first email. You are hitting the perfect uh, – this is great, man. She totally agrees with us, sir. That's awesome. And uh, and I still don't know what's the purpose of the Fly Girls or SW1 was. Well, I mean, it got Jennifer Lopez. Hey, know. as a young man, as a 14-year-old boy, I knew the purpose of the Fly Girls. Yeah. I loved them. The Fly Girls were for us gentlemen. You know, we, we probably weren't <laughs> gentlemen back then, but uh, we can appreciate them now. So, and. That's and right. Plus, they're more clothed now than half of the people on TV anyway. So you, you got to remember that. Uh, that's really all I have for Living Color. But since you are now going to be taking uh, talking about TV, I thought I would write in a list of my favorite shows for you that I hope you will be talking about at some point. Uh, you don't have to read all this if you don't want to. Uh, she said, I can not give a higher endorsement than the best shows on television to Games of Thrones number one. Um, I My wife started watching that. I've seen variousness, and I don't know, sir. Uh, what about you with Game of Thrones? Have you seen that one? Uh, I, I haven't seen it yet. I've heard nothing but good things about it, but I haven't I haven't started watching it yet. Breaking Bad, which I, I do plan on starting that, and I believe you are a Breaking Bad person, correct? I've I've struggled with Breaking Bad. I watched the first couple episodes, and it was hard for me to get into, and it was kind of like, I uh, don't have my time is limited. Uh, I'm not going to struggle getting into a show. Uh, they are a must-see absolutely ASAP. My favorite comedies are How I Met Your Mother. I recently caught up on the show online, and I'm still one season behind. Uh, Big Bang Theory, all caught up on this one, which I love that show. It's great. Yeah. Uh, which, if you noticed in the uh, intro, which, by the way, the intro, um, I sent it over to Jameson because I'm like, dude, you know, uh, STL, I always make a different 
uh, intro every episode. And I don't want to copy STL, but I kind of wanted to have like a, a sister vibe kind of thing. And I was like, I kind of just want to do one intro for every episode. So I sent it over to you, sir. And, and I think you approve of it. Am I correct? Definitely. Yeah. And at the end, of course, close out with, with my favorite soft kitty with Sheldon and Penny. <laughs> I, I love, I love Penny, man. And, and I've seen her from, from the beginning of her career from, uh, you know, dating my daughter with, uh, John Ritter. Ritter to uh, Charmed to Big Bang Theory. So so she's great. And and her first name's Kaylee. Named out, you know, my daughter's name is Kaylee, which we didn't name her because of that, but it's kind of cool. So Are you sure? I'm dead sure, sir. <laughs> and, uh, she was really good shows people should watch if not already hooked is Fringe. Uh, I watched one season. I wasn't into it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh Dexter, I'm starting that in the next couple weeks because I hear nothing but great things about Dexter. So that's where I'm at with that. Mad Men and Justified. And uh, her top five guilty pleasure shows are Rizzolio and is what is how do you say this man? It's on USA. Rizzolio and Zealous. People are yelling. Right. Anyways, yeah, it's it's a uh, two female. Uh, I believe it's a cop show. Vampire Diaries number two, the first 48, which that's an excellent show. Yeah, it is. Family Guys number four, and True Blood is number five, uh, which I love True Blood. And Honorable Mentions is Pretty Little Liars. That is not a guilty pleasure. That is a fantastic show. Excellent writing. It's fantastic. You need to take that out of your guilty pleasures. It's flipping awesome. So if you want to put Team Wolf in there, that's cool. Uh, most people don't want to admit they love it, but everybody, you know, says how great the show is. And then uh, top reality shows is Project Runway. Two is The Voice. Three is Survivor. Four is Top Chef. Five is America's Got Talent. And six is Sunday's Best. And then new shows I plan on checking out in the fall is Beauty and the Beast, Arrow, The Following, uh, 666 Park Avenue, and Revolution. And all right, that is it for now. Let me know what you think of these. See you online. Take care. Diversity. So thank That's a great email. It's a great email. Thank you so much, Tawana. Always a great time to hear from you. Thank you for being the first emailer. That was awesome. So she made a lot of great points there for sure. And yeah. our next one comes from uh, Sebastian, the internationalist. And he only has like two lines. He says, in living color, I got two favorite skits. Jim Carrey's Vanilla Ice and Rosie Perez and Spike Lee. That's all he had to say. Uh, I remember that. You remember when Tommy Davidson was playing uh, Spike Lee? Rosie Perez comes in talking about their baby. Yeah. Like, please, baby, baby. Please, baby, baby. He's <laughs> running a story about you can buy my book and all this yeah. stuff. And, and you had Damon Waynes come in. He goes, Man, get out of here. So thank you, Sebastian, for writing it, sir. And our next one comes from Anthony the Epic Emailer. And he's like, hello there, Masunas. First off, I wish for you to have a terrific start in this new podcast. And, well, thank you, sir. And, of course, because Jameson came along, of course, it's going to be an awesome first episode. We're having fun. We are having fun. And hope it continues on for the unforeseen future. Now you can, now you only need a few more podcasts to catch up to the amount that Jason has. Which, man, it would take us a lifetime to catch up to Jason, don't you think, sir? We'll see, man. Time. <laughs> Time will tell. I have no problem with you doing this only once a month since trying to do it more than that might cause this uh, as well as STL to suffer somewhat, uh, which makes a great point. You know, uh, I like the fact of what you do on a month, to mo- you know, you, month to month. And I love your bonus episodes because uh, you take the time 
to go out, watch some, uh, watch some movies and then come together and just randomly talk, you know, two or three movies and, and stuff. And you guys got a really great format and then TV shows, they're so time consuming. You really couldn't do this any more than once a month, really. So yeah, man, it would, I think it would start to get diluted if you, if you're trying to pump them out weekly, I think it'd just be overwhelming. Yeah, and it wouldn't be fun, you know. You want you want your, no, it'd be a job. Yeah, you want your podcast to be fun to to get together. And what's beautiful with me and you is we're in the same time zone. I've never, you know, mm-hmm. about that at Cool as Ice. I've never had that before. It's always like, hey, what time is it? Five thirty. Oh, it's nine thirty. Oh, okay, you know. So so that's that's great. I'm glad that you support the monthliness, sir. Good stuff. Uh, he says there are plenty of TV shows, but older and current ones, which you can touch upon some. Uh, so take the time that you want. However, I do wish to get some of the royalties that could come to this podcast since I helped to give you the idea. Uh, okay, here's the here's the thing. He's, he's going to get in on some of these podcasting millions we make. Uh, all right, here's the thing. All right, so he comes. He you know on Facebook he messages me. He's like, hey, have you ever thought about doing uh, an STL episode on this show? I was like, I did a TV show once. I'm not going to do it again. The podcast is dedicated to movies and music. It's always been my vision for the show. That's what I'm sticking with. I said, I've always wanted to do a TV podcast, but I never knew a one to pick. I mean, The Shadowy Flight is Knight Rider, my all-time favorite show. I'm already doing that one for Jason. What else could I do? And then me and you started talking. So it just happened to be on the same day I talked to him. I said, look, I would love to do a show with tons of TV shows all in one because it wouldn't be one particular topic and it wouldn't end. But I, w- but I don't know how, I w- how I would do it. And that night different ideas started flowing. So he's just giving me crap. That's kind of the story behind that. And then I threw it to you and you're like, dude, that's an awesome idea, man, because 21 jump street podcast would suck as you said. <laughs> yeah. It's just because, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it next month, but uh, I'll, yeah, I'll just save that for next month. Next month, it's you know perfect because it's a one-time episode. Move on, good times. And uh, my lawyers would be in contact of you if my request isn't met. Of course, I'm just joking with you, perhaps. Now, for the show and living... Perhaps. <laughs> it's got a great sense of humor. It was a show I enjoyed when it came out. While my interest might have dwindled over time, that's not to say that there weren't things in that... Uh, sorry, there... I can't speak. That's not to say that there weren't things that it didn't become unwatchable. Remember that it was this show that helped to begin the careers of many actors, perhaps the top one being Jim Carrey, uh, of who was extremely, uh, with all the skits that he did, I uh, believe I posted the time that he portrayed Vanilla Ice, as did one of the songs on the on the Facebook page, Masunas. I believe I heard that In Living Color should be returning in some form, but I'm unsure about that, which we kind of covered already. Uh, there might uh, be those who think it's just be a pale imitation of Saturday Night Live. It could also help show off some actors you might have a hard time to stand out elsewhere. So uh, they real that's really all I have to say except for this. Homie, don't play that. Come on. Really, <laughs> I wouldn't say that until emailing you next time. See ya, Anthony, that picky meal. So thank you, Anthony, so much for writing, sir. Great email, sir. And uh, our last email comes from John the Music Man. And he's like, hello, sirs. Uh, In Living Color was a great TV show. Uh, I was a teenager when it came out, and it was uh, produced a lot of great actors. And the first time I was introduced to Jim Carrey and Damon Wayne, some of my favorites. 
Fire Marshal Bill, Homie the Clown, and who can forget the three snaps in the Z formation? <laughs> Everybody seems to love that one. Uh, but as a teenager boy, the best part was the Fly Girls. They were the peak in the 90s terms dope. They were to speak in 90s terms dope. I remember <laughs> I used to use that all the time. That was dope. Oh, man, I feel I can't believe how corny that was for me to say back in the day. Anyways, uh, it did... It did start to go downhill after the Waynes family left, but still such a great 90s show when Fox was done airing the uh, was done airing the show. So Johnny Music Man singing out since homie don't play that. So thank you so much, sir, for writing. And you know, for our first episode, sir, we got some. Uh, not only did we get emails, but we got a lot of good emails. So yeah, man, it was great, man. I appreciate all these impressive emails we got. Good time. So, uh, so that is it for our episode of In Living Color. We hope you enjoyed the episode. I know uh, I had a blast talking about this. And uh, next month will be Twenty One Jump Street. Uh, we have no idea when that's coming out, but it's just like the Facebook page, like Twitter, and be in the group, and we'll give you a rough idea, roughly when that's going to come to play. So, yep. because you know our priorities are our podcast. So this is just kind of, hey, whenever me and Jameson can get together and hang out, we'll sit down and record some 21 Jump Street. So so good stuff, sir. Do you have anything else that uh, you want to plug, sir, on your side of uh, your side of things coming up on your show? Um, yeah, I mean, just, you know, I'd love to get I, we've been getting some some of these listeners uh, have been coming over to Movie Mojo Monthly and interacting with us. And that's been awesome. Um, we have a new episode that we're working on that's going to be our top 10 favorite action movies of all time. Brian and I are going to each go through our lists, and uh, Mr. Masunas was kind enough to send us his list. We were, so uh, you get to hear that. So uh, come over there. You can find us on iTunes or at dvmpe.com, and uh, we would love to have you. And then uh, if you still can't find it, uh, if you go over to the STL Nation Randomness Group, Jameson always posts in there when a new episode's up, so you can always follow the iTunes link there as well. Uh, always a good time. And Yeah, we would love to get some 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 of these epic emails that you're getting, man. I would love to get some over at, uh, at ours. Hey, I'm jealous, man. You have more fans that like your show than mine. <laughs> we need we need some fans to, to write in. Write into MovieMojoMonthly at gmail.com and, and uh, interact some more. Yeah, and uh, I will be sending my uh, my clip for The Punisher because you guys have a new segment called Defend Your Movie, and it's a two-minute uh, thing that you have going, right? You you guys basically, yep. like, two minutes, send in, uh, like, an audio clip of just saying, hey, this is the movie that I dig, you guys didn't, you're going to defend, even though you're going to do a guilty afterwards because it's your show. Oh, we're, yeah, I mean, we're going to win every argument, but you get your shot. Get your shot, though. Uh, get your voice heard on the podcast. If you have a crappy mic, who cares? Call in yeah, it doesn't matter. Send in anything. Record it off your phone and send it to us. I don't care. Calling off your phone sounds better than those crappy headset mics. Trust me. So, so good stuff. I am excited, sir. I can't wait for your list. I know you told me you've had some issues, and I've given you suggestions on, on what you oh, should do. Oh, dude. This list started – I mean, action movies is huge, man. I mean, uh, the list started at like 50, and it's it's been a struggle paring it down. Well, did you listen to my Expendables review yet, sir? I am not all the way through it yet. I started in on it, and just things have been getting in my way. 
Well, needless to say, I, I, in the episode, talked about how it's my favorite film of 2012, even though, you know, I said there's no way I need to defend my love for Batman. I spent five weeks on defending my love of Batman, but I gave my various reasons why, for me, it was the best, it was my favorite film of the year. It wasn't the best, because obviously, uh, you know, Dark Knight Rises has more meat to it, but it was the most fun that I ever had, ever, at the theater with my wife, and uh, and I can't wait to hear because action is my favorite genre of all time yeah Schwarzenegger, bruce willis leave your brain at the door go watch explosions and everything uh you know you you text me and said it was awesome and i was like please tell me this is the sarcastic jameson <laughs> yeah you never know whether to believe me when i text you i was like just did you like it and he's like yeah dude it was awesome and i went i went that day it was my anniversary and the, within the first five minutes, with all the 50 heads blown off, me and my wife... That first, just the opening action scene was amazing. We looked at each other. We said, this is it. This is the movie we've been waiting for. And she, Dolph Lundgren is her fave. So when he throws the when he throws the bird out of the truck, she was mm-hmm. laughing, man. And uh, what's really cool is, I don't know if you know this or not, but Dolph uh, has a master's degree in chemical engineering. Yeah, I love how they kind of played that up in the movie. That was the thing. Uh, Dolph was originally unhappy with how the script was going, and and Sylvester said, "How about I throw in your chemical engineering to kind of give you tribute?" And he's like, "Yeah, that'd be awesome." And and the thing is, I really wanted uh, his particular scene. We won't talk about it, spoiler wise, but there's one scene he does that I was really hoping was gonna be like, "Yes, yes, he's gonna be." Yeah, 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 yeah. I was hoping like after the scene had ended, that that particular thing he did would happen so it'd be like see it did it did work it just you know was delayed response you know as vague as i can possibly be but uh yeah man i, I love I know what you're talking about i loved it man i i, I walked out of there I and mean, brian and i were just we were fired up and i was like that's the most fun that i've had watching a movie since i saw goonies as a kid in the theater i hear you man i hear you it's it was unreal hey i walked out i was just like Let's turn around. Let's buy another ticket. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Brian and I said. And uh, I cannot wait. You know, like the Dark Knight Rises, like, okay, I I, I want to go see it again because I want to catch everything. But this was just like so much fun. You were so rewarded by, you know, if you loved any of these guys, you were so rewarded. And it was just uh, it's the, big, dumb fun. And it's great. It was amazing. I love the airport scene. You know what I'm talking about? I would. <laughs> Like I knew that was coming, but my wife didn't. So when that airport scene happened, I looked at her face and big grin on her face when that particular scene happened with with uh, Bruce and Arnold. Man, it's good, oh, awesome. So that is the most fun I have had in, for years upon years. Which is why for me, fun will always trump movies I gotta think about. So. <laughs> So yeah, man, I, I loved it. I'm I loved your review. I, I was hoping you guys weren't gonna bash it. I was really worried about Brian because you know sometimes he doesn't know how to have fun and uh, and he did. So it was and I don't mean that in a disrespect way. I was just, I was worried about him. I was like, please. I was crossing my fingers like, please be gentle. Please. <laughs> did I was like yes. I was like cheering, man. And then when you guys started really getting into it, I was laughing so much. It was great review, man. It was awesome. Good, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm so. And then, uh, as far as me, uh, hopefully, I'm gonna be working on. I'm gonna be working on this to get it to you guys. But uh, when STL comes back, it'll be Neverending Story, and then after Neverending Stories, Flight of the Navigator, 
and then after Flight of the Navigator, some Zombie Land, and then after that, because I love me some Emma Stone. And then, oh man, you're not kidding. Then after Zombie Land, we'll start the new voting process. So it's gonna be some good times, and I know Jameson is gonna be crashing some STL episodes, and I can't wait for that. He's gonna be like kind of calling me up and say, "Hey, this one, I'm I'm crashing, so I'm looking forward to." Uh, <laughs> Just be warned. Uh, we had a great response in our Cool as Ice episode, sir. That was downloaded like. That was like my top download in like two days. It was crazy. So, uh, so it was good times, man. And uh, and I had a blast. And uh, and that's it as far as our shows go. So go check it out. And then if you love Knight Rider, go check out the Shadowy Flight. And uh, that is, uh, I love that. I love Knight Rider. It's my all-time favorite show. So obviously, Knight Rider will not be covered on Changing Channels podcast. Uh, you can check that out over the Shadowy Flight. So that's what we have for you for this month. Thank you, everybody, that checked out the first episode. I hope you had as much fun on this episode as I did recording with Jameson. Thank you, sir, so much for joining me. I, I can't thank you enough, sir, for taking the time out of your day to uh, to help me with this show, man. It's it's some good times, man. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. It's a blast. Next month when we talk some 21 Jump Street, so don't forget to write in at ccpodcast1 at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ccpodcast1. And then don't forget Facebook at Changing Channels Podcast in in Facebook. So don't forget, many shows, one podcast. So It was fun. I look forward to seeing all the channel surfers next month. I like that. I like that a lot. I look forward to seeing all the channel surfers. That's, that's good, man. We'll have to trademark that. It's good stuff. All right. Well, thanks, guys, so much. You guys take care. Masuna's out. <laughs>